Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Good morning, everybody. How is everybody doing today? That's great. Give it up for Damalari and Michelle. Now, you all may be seated. Thank you. Now, I'm the youth pastor and the children's pastor. My name is Pastor Michael, and I just want to first welcome any first-time visitors coming to WCF today. If you want to raise your hands, if you don't, you don't have to, because I know you're probably thinking we're a bunch of kind of weirdos a little bit. Why are they all praising and singing? But we, it's just because we got Jesus in us. And truth be told, we pray that Jesus is coming in you too soon. So we don't know when, but it will happen. So, but Damalari and Michelle, I'm a children's church pastor. And when I first came here about five years ago, Damalari... He just was drawn to my heart, man. Like when I first seen him, he's so sweet. He's actually, he's also up here because he's my favorite. Um, no, no. Yeah, wait, wait. Before I say, are there any other kids here from Kids on the Rise, from Kids Church? You're all my favorite too, but please do not tell the other kids over there. No, no, but he's got something special about him, and I just wanted him to just, just proclaim the word of God upon for all of you. And Michelle... She is great, she is great, she is sweet, she's energetic, and she believes she's called to be a pastor. So, <laughs> so I believe in trying to raise up generations and generations so that the church doesn't die, that WCF doesn't die, but the Word of God can go on forever and ever and ever, and it won't stop because God won't stop. Can somebody give a shout to God and give him a praise for that? Praising the Lord, I always tell them, shout as loud as you want. It's not us shouting just to hear our own voices, but it's us shouting and singing and praising to break barriers, to break the chains off of us, to break the slave mentality off of us so that we can rise above to who God has called us. This is Johnny. Everybody give it up for Johnny. Johnny, can we hear the drums? Let's hear the drums. Johnny, I want you to praise the Lord with those drums even more. Come on, Johnny. Let's hear it. Praise the Lord. Woo! We are going to praise the Lord, but we're going to have some fun in the house. But before, before I get to my message, um, and I got a message for you all, I promise. I want to introduce somebody. He's this guy, this, this young adult. His name is Mitchell Hunter. Does anybody know who Mitchell Hunter is? Everybody knows Mitchell. This guy, he, he helps out in children's church. He helps out. He's on stage up here. He helps out with youth. He's, an, he's, a, he's a mentor to the youth. He, he helps lead the youth. So with a warm welcome and an applause, please welcome Mitchell Hunter. Good morning, church. All right. How is everyone doing today? Awesome. I'm so excited to be up here today. It is my honor and privilege to speak for you guys. I was so excited when Pastor Mike asked me. I'm like, well, you know what? You know, maybe next Sunday I'm available. I don't know about this one. I was thinking in my head, you know, I can wait a little bit. I've got a message, but I don't think it's for this week. But PM was like, no, this Sunday. So I was like, all right. This is the time. It's now or never. So... Guys, I just want to open up with a word of prayer before we begin. I thank you, Father God, just for this great Sunday today. I thank you that we can come together as a body, as a unit, Father God, to speak your word, your life. I pray that you'd use me and Pastor Mike today as vessels, that you would speak your word through us, that it wouldn't be us, our words, but it would be your words speaking through us. And I thank you today that you would just pierce the hearts of anyone listening May you just use us today in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. Wasn't that youth band so good? So good. Not over yet. It's not over yet. Isn't it so cool? It's not over yet. No matter what you're going through, it's not over yet. God's not done with you. God's just getting started. All right. Can we turn to Ezekiel 37? 
if we can get that verse up. First one, awesome. So the hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones in the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So as I prophesied, as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet a vast army. Isn't it so cool that passage? It's just so amazing. God's hand is just over it. If we look at the beginning, we look at Ezekiel, and God is telling him about the Jews who are stuck in captivity. You know, earlier in Ezekiel, they're in captivity, they're in Babylon, they're scattered, they're dead. And God's just saying, Ezekiel, it's time to wake up, it's time to wake them up, rise up. And God is just showing him this picture of these dry bones that are scattered all across this valley. And these bones, it says, were super dry. These bones had been exposed to the sun and the wind. They've been there for quite some time. There is no meat. There is nothing left on these bones. And isn't it so cool? Has anyone ever hit rock bottom and been like those dry bones? You know, we get to that place in life, you know, where we feel like those dry bones, like our situation isn't going anywhere. Our situation is hopeless. Maybe it's our, in our marriages. Maybe it's in the workforce. Maybe it's our financial situation. And our relationships, whatever you're going through right now, maybe you're in that season right now. And I just encourage you just to open up your hearts for me this morning. Because I believe God's going to give you a message. He's going to give you a word that you're going to come go out of here different than when you came in. I believe God has a word for you today. And if you are open to that, you know, things are going to change. There's going to be transformation in your lives. Do you guys believe that today? Amen. So we look in Ezekiel. And we see this thing, God just asked Ezekiel, and he says, do you think these dry bones can live? And I don't know about you guys, but I'd be sitting there, I'd be like, God, do you see what I'm seeing? God, do you see these bones? Like, you must be seeing what I'm seeing, but God, are you really seeing what I'm seeing? Because there is no life. There is nothing on these bones. They've been sitting here forever. God, I don't know what you're seeing right now, but you know what? All things are possible with God, so I'm going to say only you can change this situation. Only you can do this right now. Only you can make these dry bones live. Because with my strength and my power, I can't do it. I'm stuck. You know, we see those bones and we say, you know what? Those bones, they've reached their full potential. They've been washed out. That army was once just this indestructible army that would just go through and take out just different cities. But now they've reached their melting point, the breaking point. You know, they hit that wall, that barrier, that force that came against them that they could not withstand. And now those bones are just dry and they're scattered. And this picture of the Jews scattered in captivity and dead. And God said, I'm not done with you guys. I didn't forget about you guys. You're still there. Isn't it so cool? And then we, as we read on, the Lord told Ezekiel to prophesy, to speak life into the dry bones. How many of us would say at that time, God, it's impossible and a waste of my time. We see those dry bones, we say, God, I have something better going on. I could be doing something else and you want me to speak to those dry bones right now. I've prayed over this situation before. I've prayed over my children I've prayed over my job. I've prayed over my financial situation. I've done it before. God, I didn't see anything. This is a waste of my time. The bones aren't moving. Those bones are dry. They've been dry for a long time. And then how many of us have become content with our situation and come to terms? and Been like, God, this must be it. There's nothing left. 
I got nothing left in the tank. I can't keep moving forward like this. I know you said this in the Bible, but you know what, God, I can't see it right now. I can't see it with my eyes, and so you know what? I just can't do this anymore. I'm just going to live from minute to minute to day to day to, and so on. And you know what? We give up, and we just say, God, you know what? I'll do this myself. I've come to terms, and I know this is how life is supposed to be. But you know what? God's not done. It says the power of the word and prayer is shown next in the verses as we see as the bones start to come together, as Ezekiel prophesies and commands them and says, you know what, what the word of the Lord said, I speak life into these bones. He speaks life into them and all you see is the bones that are just scattered. They start to come together and connect and there starts to become skin on the bones. And then at that point, there's no breath. But Ezekiel's like, God, you must, this is amazing. This is incredible. But how many of us would stop at that verse and be like, God, that was good enough. You know what, God? God, you, you did so much. I'm going to give you this percentage of my life, but I'll take this percentage. God, you brought me so far, I can handle the rest. I can do it. God, look at that. My situation has improved. My job has improved. My family's improved. My marriage has improved. You got me on the right track. Let me take it from here. I can do this. Is that, hey, is that honest? Is that truthful family? Yeah. God, God has just been speaking this to me. He says, it's time to wake up, church. It's time to wake up those dry bones. God is not done with us. And then we see after that Ezekiel is told to prophesy again. So how many know we must be diligent with prayer and the word of God? We must be diligent. We can't grow weary and tired in saying the word of God. It says it right there. So cool. It says in Colossians 4 verse 2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Watchful and thankful, guys. And then next in that verse it says to prophesy to the four winds. So we have Ezekiel prophesying to the four winds to come breathe life into these bones. And you know, we see that God chooses from the north, the south, the east, and the west. God meets you where you are at. Is that so true? You know, we could be a million miles away, but God is still there. You could be running away from God, but God knows where you're at. You're never alone. He always has his arms open wide and is waiting for you to come back. God meets you at your situation. When you feel like you're at your lowest point, like you've hit rock bottom, God is there. You are not alone. And so Ezekiel... You know, he just prophesies it, does it again. You know, isn't it cool? You know, if we don't give up and we persevere and we keep going, and we say, you know what, God, I'm not going to become content with this situation. These dry bones are going to live. I'm not just going to see part of the healing. I'm just going to see the full thing, Father God. I believe right now. I have faith. I'm not going to become complacent or content with my situation. You know, a couple years ago, I had the privilege of going on a trip to the Dominican and it was such a crazy, awesome time. The Lord just spoke to me and just used me in so many different ways. But I had the privilege of speaking for this one elderly man who just had back issues his whole life. He just said to me since he was 17 that he was not able to bend down and touch his toes. So I was like, all right, God, like, do your stuff. So I go over and I just like lay hands on him. And I'm like, in the name of Jesus, you are healed. You are an overcomer. You're a child of the most high God. And I believe you're for your healing. And I know you do too. And I thank you, Father God, that it is going to happen right here in front of my eyes, in front of his eyes. And then I asked him, I said, how do you feel? He's like, well, 50% better. I was like, 50%? That's good. But we can do better. I was like, we ain't done yet. So then I asked, so I started praying for him again. I said, Lord, I thank you for his healing. I declare it over him. I thank you that you are a God, you know, who is greater than our circumstances. I thank you, God, that you want to see your children whole and use their full potential. And I thank you, this is not of you. And I asked him again. I said, how do you feel? And he said, 70%. I said, oh, we're not there yet. I said, 70% is good, but God has got so much better for you. God is not done. And I went at it again, and I prayed for him. And on the last time, he got up, and then I was like, how do you feel? And he went down, touched his toes, and said there was no pain whatsoever in his back. God completely transformed him and healed him from the inside out. 
And how many in that situation that I was in would have stopped after the first one and been like, God, incredible, 50%? You've taken them from here and brought them all the way over here. He's never even thought about 50% before. He's been stuck in that situation forever. His back has always been like that. Father God, that's amazing. How many of us would have been like, God, I'm done here. My work is done. You've used me. But, you know, we didn't, I didn't stop there. I just continued, and God just showed me, you know, what can happen when you persevere, when you push through, when the devil's trying to stop you, and the devil's like, you know what, I'm only going to heal him 50%. And the Lord's like, no, that's not the plan. Keep going. And so I continued, and I saw his full transformation. But what if I would have stopped and become content? I could have been like, someone else will do it. Someone else will pray for you, man. You'll get the rest. Is that good or what? It's really quiet in here. Mm. All right. So I just want to tell you guys today, God is, can raise you up from your situation. He is ready to raise you up. How many need the breath of God in their life right now? How many need the breath of life in their situation? How many are going through something? You know what? They may, you may be stuck in a rut. You may be stuck in a hole right now, and you just feel like that's it. I'm here to tell you today the word of the Lord is powerful. God wants to say to you, speak the word of the Lord into your situation and breathe life. You know what? Speak it. Speak that life in your situation. God wants to breathe his life right into you. He wants to breathe his life into your homes, into your families, into your friends. God's not done with you. God wants to use you and he wants to build you up. He wants to take you from here and bring you all the way to the top because we are called to be the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath family. He's calling us to wake up as a church. And you know what? God never said it would be easy. It says in Psalms 37 verse 24, we may stumble at times, but never fall because God's hands hold us up. It's not us holding God up. God's holding us up. Isn't that incredible? We can't do it on our own. But we have a good and faithful God who is there and sees us and knows what we need. So Romans 4 verse 17 says, Call those things that be not as though they were. Speak them into existence. Your situation may seem hopeless. It may seem like nothing is going right. But I'm here to tell you today that, you know, you may have no hope. But there's hope in Jesus and he will give you life. He's not done with you. He's not done with you. And he's going to continue to speak to you. But you got to continue to press forward. Because how many times in our lives do we sit there sometimes and we just wait and we just say, Hey God, I'm waiting for you. Hey God, when are you going to come? God, I've been sitting here and I've just, you know, I've just been waiting to hear you. The telephone's beside me. I've been waiting for you to just ring it. I'm ready to pick up. I'm ready. I've been waiting here for a really long time, but we're not stepping out in faith. We're not taking that step out. You know, we're just waiting for God and we're not being active in our faith. And God's just waiting for us to step out so he can rock the boat, so he can mess us up. You know, because God is so cool in the way he does things. So I just encourage you guys today, whatever is going on, I just feel like right now the Lord's speaking to me and saying that there's families right now where parents, you know, are praying for their children and they're struggling and they're saying, God, my children have strayed so far from you, so far. I'm trying to keep them on the straight and narrow, you know, Father God, but it's so hard. And I feel like some, of, some are just like at the breaking point. Some are like, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm here to encourage you this morning. I'm here to tell you that God's not done with you. Keep speaking life into that situation. Breathe that life. God is going to breathe his life into your family. He's going to breathe his life into your children. Through your faith, God, you are going to see miracles happen. You're going to see your lives transformed. In the name of Jesus, do you believe that, church? So I encourage you never to give up, but to keep pushing forward and see those dry bones come to life. Speak to them. All right, guys, I only got a 10-minute window, so I can't get too radical with you guys. So I'm just going to hand it over to one of my favorite speakers at this time, Pastor Michael. Wow, Mitchell. Woo! That was the second time I heard him. My heart is still pounding. Mitchell, wow. Thank you. That was awesome. Let's just give God the glory for raising up a Mitchell Hunter 6'3", blonde hair, 
He can tan. GQ, single ladies. Woo, woo. Now, <laughs> oh, I might get in trouble by his mom. Um, <laughs> so before I get on today's message, I got another speaker. I know Pastor Luke's like, what's going on? Is food coming too? What's happening over here? I mean, <laughs> how many speakers are coming here? Like I told you, I believe we need a full circle. The message is going to relate to Mitchell's message. It's going to relate to the worship band singing because God is a God who puts everything together. He's not a God of chaos. He's a God of peace and comfort and joy. And I'm not going to probably tell too many jokes today because I'm going to get right into the word today. So I'm going to ask Jordan, Jordan now comes on Sundays, but he also comes on Wednesdays. And every Wednesday, so he's, he tells me some jokes every Wednesday, and they are funny, they are cute. And Jordan, it's all yours right now. What three candies do you find in a school? What three? Smarties, dum-dums, and nerds. What's the tallest building in the world? The library. It has the most stories. <laughs> what did Adam say the day before Christmas? It's Christmas Eve. Come on, <laughs> Jordan. Too cute, just too cute, man. Oh my gosh, Jordan, you're also one of my favorites. But all the kids are my favorites. Don't don't act all serious when I say they're my favorites. You know, one of your kids are your favorites too. Come on, son. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All our kids are our favorites. God looks at everybody, and they're all his favorites, so that's how we are too. All right, who is ready for the word today? We're going to go right into Isaiah 52. Now, in Isaiah 52, this is near the end of the chapter, kind of the second half of the chapter, where these are the chapters that God is bringing hope, restoration, forgiveness, Comfort to, the, to the, the, the captives, to the Israelites. And the other half was kind of like their fallen state and every now and then glimpses of Jesus, that Jesus is coming, that Jesus is going to reign. And this other half now in Isaiah 52 is all about the hope of that God is here and he reigns. So who's ready for the word? We're going to go to Isaiah 52 verse 1. It says, wake up. Wake up, O Zion. Now let's just stop right there for a second, family. It wasn't no like... Hey, wakey, wakey. It wasn't that. It wasn't wakey, wakey. I mean, I mean, God's not, a, he wants us to wake up. He's there right now calling us to wake up, not to just wakey, snooze, 10 minutes later, get back up. You ready now? God is calling us to wake up. He has no fear. He wants us to wake up right away. God is not worried about you getting upset with him. He's trying to get you alert, trying to get you to jump up, to get out of bed. It's wake up. Wake up. See, when I was younger, I had to wake up my brother. Now, my brother, he was 11 months younger than me, but he was, he was just a big guy all the time. And I had to wake this kid up. And my brother is like a Kodiak bear, grizzly bear sleeping, man. And not to mention, he, we're Italian, so at 13, he was hairy as one, too. And <laughs> don't encourage me, Johnny. Don't encourage me. <laughs> oh, if he watches this message, I'm going to be his a bear food. Okay, so... <laughs> So I had to knock on his room, and I'm like, oh, man, he's going to just be like, like a big old bear coming at me. I'm like, knock, knock. Hey, Mark, wakey, wakey. Get out of my room. I'm going to sleep longer. And he's like a big old hairy bear coming at me. I would take off. And then, and then now, now I'm married, and now I have to wake up. Not my wife, y'all. Come on. <laughs> my wife is a sunshine drop of a cool mint breeze on a... No, <laughs> I have to wake up my daughter. Now, 
For those of you who don't know my daughter, 2 o'clock p.m. is really early for her. So I'm, like, scared to wake her up. Now, she's not like a bear. She's all cute like a little koala bear. But I know koala bears can be dangerous, too. Just ask down under in Australia. She's all cute and all that. But when you try to wake her up, Gabriella, I always call her my sweet. I'm like, hey, my sweet, wakey wakey she's like dad get out and she has she, she throws anything at me because the room's not always clean so there's everything at her disposal just throwing stuff at me and finally when she's up I'm like come on we have to go honey and she's like I know dad I'm like you woke me up I'm like I know honey I'm afraid to wake you up though so like I'm just expecting to get up she's like I set my phone too, my alarm and I'm like honey your phone didn't go off because the phone's afraid of you too and <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, 2 o'clock is really early for her. And so, so God wasn't like that. He's not afraid. He's saying, wake up. Wake up, O Zion. He wants us to jump up. And he says, clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes, O holy city of Jerusalem. He's saying, wake up. Wake up and clothe yourselves. Now, I know when I was younger, I didn't have much growing up. With my, my dad left us really early, and we didn't have much. In fact, in fact, even with their toys, you know, I loved Star Wars at the time, and, and I always went to my friend's house, and they had all these action figures everywhere, and the Death Star, and, and Han Solo, and all these other characters. And I go home, and I didn't have anything. So what I would do, I would grab a... Could anybody remember the Consumer's Catalog or Sears Catalog and the Christmas Wish? I would literally cut out... The pictures of the Star Wars figures in the magazine, tape them, delicately place them into my sister's dollhouse, and, and, and then every day, every morning, I'd go back and play with them again. Those were my action figures, and I, and, I, and I didn't have the spaceships. I'd have Lego, but it wasn't the real Lego. My Lego was this plastic one where if it stayed in the sun too long, it would actually melt, and it wasn't Lego. I don't know what it was called. It was called Fago, fake, fake Legos. And, and we probably had Fagel, too, because we couldn't afford Coke. So anyways, <laughs> Johnny, you're going to get me in trouble. And see, Jordan, I could tell jokes, too. <laughs> and so, so I had all these things, and, and I remember so badly. It was the first day of school, and I was in kindergarten. And I remember, I'm positive it was kindergarten because we moved around a lot, and this was the one school I was in kindergarten. And I wanted this coat. And this coat was so cool. I was like, man, if this coat was on me, I would feel like a mighty warrior because the coat colors represented this cartoon I used to watch with these characters, and they're all like these heroes and sport uh, heroes and all these strong guys. And, and it was blue with white with a red V right here. And I'm like, oh, I want this coat. My mom couldn't afford it. It was too much. And I was crying, please, mom, just give me this coat. I'd feel like a winner. I'd feel like a champion. I'd be on top of the world. I'd be, I'd be this, this mighty person. I could pick up the ladies too. Yes, even in kindergarten. And then, and, and did I get that coat? No. No, I didn't. I got this value, mart, whatever it was back then, byway, not even byway, something even cheaper. It was brown. It was, it was brown with yellow and what was supposed to be white, it was more like a cream white because it was probably just dirty from a second hand-me-down. So there I'm wearing this, this old vintage whatever coat you call it and I felt like such a loser, such like so, I just felt like a failure in this coat. My hair did look good maybe, I don't know, it was really curly and I, didn't, I wasn't a stylist back then, but I felt like a loser. And I remember coming in kindergarten, and I seen this girl, I'm like, oh, she's so cute. And um, I mean, they can only be cute in kindergarten. Um, <laughs> and I liked her, and I don't know if there's an older kid, I don't know if you, I know he's older than us, grade one or grade two, but I think he liked her. So I found out that I liked her, and he came up to me, and he wanted to fight. Now, I don't like fighting, but I would fight if I had to. And, and at that particular moment, because I had this dumb, loserish coat on, and I felt like a loser, I just let him do whatever he wanted to me. I let him beat me up. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. You might as well just hit me. And I remember him hitting me, and I'm like, it didn't even hurt. I should just punch this guy. But look at this coat. I'm not even worth it, man. I'm such a loser. And God is saying, clothe yourself with strength. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on the beautiful clothes, O holy city of Jerusalem. Do you guys like my spiritual shirt today? It's very holy. No. Hey, I'm a children's pastor. Give me a break. I got to make kitty jokes sometimes. So he's saying, clothe yourselves. 
for unclean and godless people will no longer enter your gates. They will enter your gates no longer. It's time, family, to rise up, to wake up, and not let the enemy come against us and take us out. Because we're more than enough with Jesus in us. Because we clothe ourselves with his strength. See, that's what he was telling the Israelites. Because they were down, defeated. And I'm trying to tell you today, wake up. Wake up. Because you are the children of God. And it's time to clothe ourselves with his power and his strength. And then it goes on and it says, rise from the dust, O Jerusalem. Sit in a place of honor. Remove the chains of slavery from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Let's stop right there too for a second. Let's take a break with that. Rise from the dust, O Jerusalem. Rise from the dust. Can I tell you something? What was the first man created from? From dust. God took the earth of the, the dust of the earth and he formed man. But this is what's mind-boggling. Boggling. This is what, when I got this, and maybe most of you know this. When I just figured this out, I was like, just, just amazing. God formed man from the dust. He's telling us to rise up. He formed man to rise up. But what was the first thing that man breathed in? God's breath. It wasn't the air. He created the animals. He created all of the living things. The first thing they breathed in was God, the air that God created. But we first breathed in God's breath. I'm telling you something, family. We have the breath of God living inside of us so that we can rise up. We have the air, and that's good. But without the breath of God, the air is meaningless. I thank God that he has breathed his life into us. So like Mitchell said, the dry bones will rise. We will come on top. It is time to wake up and know that God is our strength. And no stupid coat is going to keep me down any longer. Come on, somebody. Give a shout to God for something like that. His breath is in us. Woo, that was revolutionary. That was a revelation. That was something that just caused me to wake up, to rise up. And then it goes like this. For this is what the Lord says. When I sold you into exile, I received no payment. Now I can redeem you without having to pay for you. Family, we all belong to God. If you don't think you belong to God, we all belong to God. And that these people, they're not going to pay God for us. He can take us. He can hold us. He can grab us. He can use us. And nobody has to pay him because we belong to him. He doesn't have to pay them for it. He uses us and he grabs us and he says, wake up. I'm calling you. I'm taking you. I want to use you. I want you to rise up and do what I've called you to do. We all belong to God. And then this is what the sovereign Lord says. Long ago, my people chose to live in Egypt. Now they are pressed by Assyria. What is this, asked the Lord? Why are my people enslaved again? Those who rule them shout in exaltation. My name is blasphemed all day long. He's saying, how dare you, enemies? How dare you, world, come against my children and think that you own them? Think that you could blaspheme me? The one who owns everything, the one, the almighty God who created this. You think you can make fun of my children because when you do that, you think you can put them down because when you do that, you're making fun of me. You're belittling me. You think you're might, more mightier than me. And this is our verse, family, for this whole week. In Children's Church, we have a verse of the month. This is it for the week. In verse 6, it says, But I will reveal my name to my people so that they will come to know its power. Then at last they will recognize that I am the one who speaks to them. This is what it says in another verse. Well, it's not over. It's not over. I will reveal my name to my people so they will come to know its power. And then at last they will recognize that I am the one who speaks to them. Who is breathing in you? Who is speaking to you? God is telling you that I am here for you, breathing my life into you. And I love how Samson handled this. And I love Samson because we can all relate to Samson. I've talked about Samson before because Samson had a lot of potential. But how many of you know we don't sometimes live up to all our potential? And that's okay. God is still for you, not against you. He knows our weaknesses, but he always wants to breathe his life in us. And there Samson was. 
He was caught now by the Philistines again. Actually, his own people tied him up because something that he chose to do, like sometimes we make mistakes, we choose wrong things. Sometimes because of other people's mistakes or choices, it causes us to get into, into captivity. Sometimes life in general, life itself, can give you a good whooping. I'm trying to keep it clean. Trying to keep it clean. My wife is like, keep it clean. Do not go off sides. I'm trying. And this is what happens in Judges, in Judges 15. He's tied up now by his own people. And when he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire. And his bonds broke loose from his hands. How many of you know that the Lord, when the Lord is with you, nothing can stop you. And then he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey. Reached out another verse I like in King, the, New, the King James Version. It says he found a fresh jawbone of an ass. And we'll stop right there. Because I had a lot of jokes for that. And my wife actually got rid of all of them. And then I went to, to the staff and I'm like, I'm thinking about doing this. And everybody was laughing, but they're like, I don't think so. You're going to probably offend 25% of the church. And I'm like, oh, I don't want that. The only one that was actually for me was Pastor Jacob. So I thank him for that. He was actually laughing with it. So then I went to Pastor Rick. They're like, you got to ask Pastor Rick this. Pastor Rick was very smart. He actually let me answer my own question. He's kind of pulled a Jesus on me. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't. So, but if I do, if I do offend somebody... Jordan's face is so cute. Jordan, if I say a bad joke, you just come here, show your cute little face, and everybody will forget about the bad joke that I said. <laughs> Wasn't that great, that joke that he said? So anyways, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain a thousand men. And so it was, when he finished speaking that day, he threw the jawbone from his hand and called that place Ramoth Lehi, meaning jawbone hill. So there, jaw, there Samson was. He grabbed a jawbone of a donkey. It's not the prettiest thing. It's actually kind of ugly. It actually stinks, and I didn't want to touch it. Oh, I just touched my nose with it now. And, uh, and, and there he is. He's in this battle. The enemies are coming at him. Like, if that's not ugly enough, how many of you have been in ugly situations and the thoughts and depression and bitterness and despair and all these things are coming against you? You're worried and you're doubtful and you're fearful and all these things come against us. And there Samson was seeing these, these, the enemies coming at him. And Samson, he didn't do this, but this is what we do and he could have done this. They're coming at me. They're coming at me. I need, I need a sword. Does anybody have a sword? How about a bone arrow? Does somebody have a bone arrow, a spear, even a shield? And while he's looking, he's tripping over the jawbone. And he keeps looking. I need a sword, somebody keeps tripping over. I wonder how many times we trip over our addictions. We trip over our weaknesses. And, we, and what's right in front of us that God is once intent to use for good, we just keep tripping over it. We just keep tripping over it. We just keep letting it build up inside of us. And we don't go anywhere. And then, and then he walks by it. And he walks by it. And then these uglies are coming at us. God is saying, pick up the bone. Use what I have for you right now. Start somewhere. Don't dismiss the small beginnings. Sometimes I wonder, well, you, you have an addiction. We have an addiction. Oh, I'm not going to go to church until this addiction is gone. Oh, I'm not going to go to church because people talk to me. You know what? So be it. they got to deal with God. Because I'm a single mom and people are going to look at me. I'm not going to go to church until somebody puts a ring on it. I'm not going to do this serving children's church because I, I, I need kids first. Don't I need kids first to understand how kids are? Sometimes we trip over what God has placed right in front of us, but we're not willing to hear the calling to wake up and go where God has called us to go. <laughs> Don't let your uglies, what you think is ugly, make you ugly. Because that's what the enemy wants. That's what the enemy wants. God is saying, pick up the jawbone. And even though I got an addiction, even though my children aren't serving God yet, even though I'm not where I want to be with my weight yet, even though I'm not where I want to even be, that doesn't matter, God, because heaps upon heaps, I will use what you've got for me right now, where I'm at right now. I will not compare. This is my bone. It may be ugly to somebody else, but to you, God, it is something that can be used by your hand. And did you notice that Samson picked up a fresh 
jawbone. Don't let it linger. Don't let it fester. Don't let it simmer and cook. And bitterness keeps growing and growing. And, and you keep getting more flattened and deflated. And, and like in an air balloon, you just... And that coat that is on you just keeps humiliating you more and more that you're not good enough. Take care of it right away. Come to it right away. And say, God, you can use me in a mighty, mighty mighty way. Amen, somebody? This jawbone might look ugly, and it might look ugly to others, but God can use what is bad and turn it around for good. Your addiction could be a testimony. Don't you stop. Don't you give up, because it's not over. I will reveal my name to my people so they will come to know its power. Then at last they will recognize that I am the one who speaks to them. I want this side to say it's. It's not over. Somebody needs to pick up that bone. But can I tell you something, family? After Samson was done, what did he do? Peace out, y'all. He dropped the bone. Can I tell you something? It's not about the bone. It's not about the bone, but the power behind the bone. See, when Samson was looking for a weapon and all he saw was a jawbone, I wonder if he had a slingshot in his side and he was looking for five smooth stones. And I wonder if we sometimes could be like this slingshot and these five smooth stones. It's, it's not even worth killing a giant. It won't even kill a giant, let alone a thousand enemies coming at me. But David, who grabbed the slingshot and the five smooth stones, used one of the stones to kill the giant. And this is what he said. You come with me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. But I come with you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies whom you have defied. I'm telling you something. It is God that is within you. God is the power to give you strength. It's not about the bone. It's not if you have more or less or little or lots or you're six foot or five foot. It doesn't matter, but the power within you. So wake up. Wake up, family, and rise up because it's not over. Somebody needs to stand up. And grab that bone and understand that his God is inside of them. And his power is inside of you so that you can stand up. It might not be as pretty as a peacock, as graceful as a swan, as mighty as an eagle. You might be a flamingo only on one leg. But can I tell you something about a flamingo? It's pretty. It might look weird with one leg, but now we find it beautiful. We find that it's okay. And they say, scientists say that flamingos have this mechanism in them that when they stand on one leg, it, it actually helps reduce their, so they don't use all their force on it. And, and, and they could stand on one leg and they're more stable that way. What I'm here to tell you is it doesn't matter how much money you have because why is it that somebody could have so much money, he could have so many gifts, he could be so talented, but yet somebody who doesn't have that, somebody with two legs and somebody with one leg, the person with the one leg, can do more for the kingdom of God than the person with the two legs. Because God is our source. He sends something inside of us, which is the Holy Spirit, to give us that power so that we can stand firm, that we can stand strong, so that we cannot give up, so we can say, it's not over. Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to understand that God is for us and not against us. You guys all know that Jen went through something major this month, right? Most of you know that. There was a time where she had some minor surgery, and after the surgery, she got an infection. We rushed her to the hospital, and we were praying, and we got her there, and the surgeon said, we need to operate fast because it could be an infection, and it could spread through her whole body, and she could die. So the surgeon told me that everything should be okay, though. So she gets the surgery, and, and it was ugly. There's enemies coming at me, thoughts and all this stuff coming at me, and, and it was an ugly situation. And after the surgery... I get back there, and, and my oldest son, we see Jen with an intubator, and, and she's on the support, and I'm like, what's going on with all this? And, and they're, they're telling us all the stuff that's going on, and my son lost it. He couldn't take it, and he sees, he's a nurse, so he's seen people like this all the time. We're losing it, and all I could do in this ugly situation was pray. I'm not a doctor. I don't know how to help her. But all I could do was pray. And I just want to thank all of you, all of you who helped, who helped financially, who helped with food, who prayed. I want to thank you because it brought me peace. It brought us comfort. And, and, and so I sent out a text, please pray. 
And, and the doctor, one doctor came in that one day and he said, I'm sorry, but it looks like it's going to go through her kidneys and all her organs, and I'm sorry that this doesn't look good. And he pretty much gave her a death sentence right there. So all I could do is just please pray. All I did was pray, and all I could do was pray. And then we have a video of overflow. The youth went to overflow, and somehow one of the pastors told the pastor out there to pray for Jen, and this was the video that, that what happened when they prayed for Jen. A feeling over Jen, and we'll look forward to hearing a testimony of a miracle that infection is driven from her body. Who's with me this morning? Come on. One, two, pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lose the power of the Spirit, God. Come on, lift your voice. And you, oh God, would entertain on, on the behalf of Jen. We lift her body into your presence and declare the healing grace of the Spirit. Come on, pray. We believe that you are a healer. We have seen you do it. God, you healed last night. And so, God, we ask that you to reach across the miles, that you'd invade that room. And in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we break off the fingers of death and we speak life and healing over this body. God, you said whatever we lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Lord, we lose your presence into that room. We lose your healing over that body. And we thank you, oh God, for your ability to heal. Restore Jen now in Jesus Christ's name. And everybody say it. So we just kept on praying and we just kept on believing. And we just kept on saying, I kept on saying, God, even in the midst of the uglies, I will not turn ugly from this. In the midst of the uglies, I will not give up. In the midst of the uglies, I will keep staying firm and going on your word because it's not over. Pastor Howie gave me a lovely, lovely quote from Martin Luther King, and it says this. And I can't do it how Pastor Howie does it. I'm not going to be able to bobble my head, be all cool and charismatic, and, and say with his deep, cool voice, like however he does it. But I'm going to use what I got. And I'm going to believe that God has given me something to say for you and for everybody to speak his word. And I'm going to just use what the gifts God has given me. I don't have to be Pastor Howie to do something. I don't have to be Pastor Rick to say something. I'm just going to be what God has given me. And this is what Martin Luther King said. He said, if you can't, if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep going. What I'm saying, family, is don't give up because it's not over. And what I'm saying, family, is even if you lost a loved one, even if you lost somebody you said, and you're giving up on God and you're giving up on hope, can I tell you something? Even though that donkey was dead physically, it kept Samson alive. But the power came from God. And the power is of God. And the glory is to God. So I'm telling you, your loved one, your lost one, would want you to say, my life ain't over. It's not over. Let my memory live through you. Let the word of God live through you. Because I was serving God and I want you to continue serving God. Because it's not over. I'm going to pick up this bone and say, you know what? I still have 20 pounds to lose, but I'm going to be sexy for my husband tonight. Oh, yeah. I still, I still got an addiction, but I will. But I will. Heaps upon heaps. Come to church, and it's not over. And I won't give up. I will not look down on myself because God has called me to rise up. God has called me to stand up, to stand firm with one leg or two legs. It's not what I got, Lord God, but it's who you are and what you've given me. It is your power within me, Lord God. And you just keep on praying and you keep on believing because it's not over. And even when death comes with us, can I tell you something, guys? When Jesus was dying on the cross, it looked ugly. The enemy thought he won. And the enemy's like, look at this. We got him now, boys. But can I tell you something? Jesus, when he died, it still wasn't over. His breath now came out. His breath now is in us. His breath now causes to give us life. It's his breath that causes us to live. And when Jen was strapped down because they had to tie her hands down. They had to tie her hands down, and, and they said, We're gonna, can you sign this consent that we have to tie her hands down because, because she, might, she might move and, and pull the thing out, and, and we had to tie her hands down. Now, normally I'm all for tying my wife's hands down in her bed, but <laughs> in a hospital bed, I'm sorry, I use humor to get over when, <laughs> But in a hospital bed, I wasn't so keen on that. I didn't like it. And there she was, tied down, out, 
breathing fake air. Some friends came to visit. And she heard their voice. (laughs) And my wife, who has the breath of God inside of her, she, she, she popped up her head, trying to open up her eyes, trying to move her arms so that she could embrace them and hug them. The beepers, everything was going crazy, the monitors, and I was freaking out. I'm like, guys, she doesn't even do this for me. But Jen was using what she had at that moment, stretching out her arms as far as she can. If you can't shout, then sing. If you can't sing, then just talk. If you can't talk, then just whisper because I know that God can even come through a whisper. And she raised up her hands as far as she could. And she could only do it so much. You could see the bed almost break in. And she wanted to get up. And she had the breath of life of God in her. She had God's breath inside of her. She, you could tell she wanted to pull that out and say, no more of this fake air. But I want the breath of God. And then the next day, they took out the intubator. And this was the praise report on the video. If you can please show that. Look at this. This you need you need not to miss this. Don't move. We're gonna have to dance a little bit because this is ginormous. This morning, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. We prayed this morning. This morning we prayed for a lady who is in a in on death doors. She woke up today. They took her off life support. She started talking. It's like... Can we all stand? Can we just give honor and glory to God who says, wake up, wake up, rise up, clothe yourselves with my strength. I will reveal my name to my people and they will come to know its power because it's not over. Then at last they will recognize that I am the one who speaks to them. Samson dropped the bone, I'm sure it broke. And then he got some water from God because he said, will will I now die of thirst? And God gave him some water. Just as Jesus says, my water is a spring of life that will carry and carry and flow and flow and be in you and in you because it's not over. It's not over. Can somebody raise up their hands? Can the worship band sing? Can we praise the Lord and sing to our Lord? Thank you, Lord God. It's not over. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.